Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Rant Media Podcast. My name is Ahmed Baba, and I'm joined by my fellow co-founders, Adam A. and Zach Ali. So today we're going to talk about the Russia investigation, Rudy Giuliani's new strategy, and how a Trump impeachment could play out. This is Rant Media. Well, looks like uh, today for our listeners, we are recording on Monday, July 30th, and Rudy Giuliani, or as I like to call him, Rudy Fuliani, is uh, <laughs> he's having quite the day. He started it off by going on CNN's New Day and then Fox News, essentially trying to claim that we, as and I quote, collusion is not a crime. What do you guys think of this? I think it's inevitable that we were going to end up to this point. You know, most of this conspiracy, most of this collusion happened right in front of our eyes. When Donald Trump came out on, I believe, July 26th and said, Russia, if you're listening, get me Hillary's 30,000 emails. Weeks after they had met with a Russian government lawyer and a, a colorful cast of characters that are deeply connected to Kremlin and uh, Russian national interests. We were always going to end up until this point. The public evidence, as it stands, points to some sort of coordination between these actors that wanted to help Donald Trump and hurt Hillary Clinton. That's the, ins- that's the assessment of the intelligence community. That's the um, most obvious common sense c- conclusion that any individual can make after spending a long time consuming this information, we were always going to end up to a point where Republicans and the president's defenders were going to say collusion is okay. Yeah. And here we are. I I mean, that's exactly right. What we're seeing here is after mountains upon, upon mountains of evidence continue to depict a picture that could lead one only to the conclusion of there was collusion... To the point where rather than saying conspiring with a foreign government to interfere in America's election is, uh, you know, trying to defend and say your client is innocent of it. You're just going to say, well, you know, that's all right. You know, it was a uh, it was a normal Tuesday in, uh, in American politics. No, it's to, ridiculous. It's you know, ridiculous. And, and you would expect most candidates and and indeed it has happened in the past when Hubert Humphrey was offered assistance from the Soviet Union, he didn't say, like Rudy Giuliani and the president's defenders like to claim, that like Dana Rohrabacher today, mm-hmm. he said that anybody who's offered dirt on their political opponents would jump at that chance. Well, it's a little different when if the opponent is a, uh, or, or the person offering the dirt is uh, part of a hostile government, you know? And they're a hostile government. There's no way... Around it, I mean, we have sanctions in place against Russia for illegally invading Ukraine and annexing uh, Crimea because they broke international law. We have sanctions against them because they interfered with our 2016 election, something that's nearly universally accepted even by the Republican Party today. Their stipulations on where we ha- where we are, where they've moved the goalposts, is collusion is not a crime. And apparently, the goalposts were moved so far as to say that Giuliani said Trump would have to do the actual coding, the actual hacking to be considered as the colluder. And that is, yeah. that's absolutely ridiculous. We're talking about possible violations of election law. We're talking about a possible conspiracy to defraud the United States. 
These are big charges. These are big deals. Paul Manafort is sitting in jail right now for conspiring against the United States. We learned today that he got $60 million from his work in Ukraine. But he worked for Donald Trump for free. Exactly. He was a consultant. And when you're banking $60 million, if someone's putting $60 million in my pockets, I know who I work for. Precisely. He goes and he works for the Trump campaign for free. Um, and he started doing his uh, foreign lobbying work back in 2000. Uh, well, actually, further back than that. But he started working with one Russian oligarch, Oleg Deripaska, in um, 2006 when he got a first payment from, uh, you know, in order to push Russian interests in the U.S. 2006 is the same year he moved into Trump Tower. I'm not trying to connect any dots or anything, but there's an odd correlation between uh, Paul Manafort's uh, connection with Trump and uh, just all of the players involved here. We've got Roger Stone, who goes far back with Trump. Far back with far, Manafort. Far back with Manafort as well. <laughs> and Gates. And Gates. And we've got... And Lee Atwater, the late Lee Atwater, who really kind of crafted and cemented this Southern racist strategy that the Republican Party has adopted over the last couple decades. I yeah. mean, Leo Atwater is on tape saying you can't say the N-word anymore. Yeah. And, you know, and just, just, just to rein it in a little bit, to go back to what, um, you know, Giuliani is was arguing originally before we dive more into the evidence of collusion, which there is plenty of to, <laughs> to sink our teeth into, to say the least. Rudy claiming that collusion isn't a crime is like saying the word murder isn't a crime, you know, because it's basically saying this word by itself means nothing. You know, but when you put collusion in the context of colluding with a foreign government to uh, interfere in the United States election, which Robert Mueller has noted is conspiracy to defraud the United States and the Federal Elections Commission, it's a crime. Uh, it's it's he's basically picking and choosing because you can't find the word collusion specifically in 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 federal law, but. Clearly. Right, and that's what that's what they're, that's what they're clinging doing. on to. They're right. clinging on to just playing word games when in reality collusion encapsulates broader conspiracy charges, which is what it would be right. called. And, and I will say, I, I kinda wish that Rod Rosenstein Stein, when he was writing the, the, the scoping memo for, for Robert Mueller's appointment, he never used the word collusion. It's it, it the word collusion has been a red herring from the start. Um Jeffrey Tubin argues quite convincingly in The New Yorker that the scoping document clearly indicates that, that, the, that the Justice Department, Trump's Justice Department, considers collusion a crime. Um, but I think we could have avoided a lot of heartache over um, wrestling with terminology if, if Rosenstein in that memo said conspiracy instead of collusion because that's now become a catchphrase a catchphrase which zach has not, uh, has demonstrated uh trump has used over 70 times in his tweets to um to try to paint himself as innocent yeah i mean uh he's pining on to the word collusion while while as you know if rosenstein had said because essentially what, what adam's referring to here is a tubin piece which uh talked about how rosenstein in his august memo which was expanding um, Robert Mueller's scope, special counsel's uh, basically jurisdiction here. He essentially said that Mueller was allowed to investigate allegations that Manafort committed a crime um, or, or crimes by colluding with Russian government officials with respect to the Russian government's effort to interfere with the 2016 election. So he used the word collusion rather than conspiring with the Russian government. And then that gave fodder to not net, technically they're investigating collusion, not conspiracy per se, but if you look at all the charges that have come forth thus far, especially the uh, 
the one against the Russian troll farm um, with 13 Russians indicted, you'll see uh, that he says um, they intentionally conspired to defraud the United States. Mm -hmm. Um, And that conspiracy to defraud or conspiracy to do illegal election hacking, which, you know, is with the the most recent 12 Russians that were indicted. If there's American co-conspirators in that, which is whether, you know, you have actual helping with the hacks, which probably was was not likely, but... But if you in, have in something point, fact, saying, like, when are we going to de- deploy these emails? Yeah, you have the disseminators, right? right. You have the... They, they listed D, uh, DC leaks. They listed, you know, plenty of, of leakers in there. And there's one unnamed leaker listed in the... The which 12 Russian clearly, indictment, which is clearly WikiLeaks. It's clearly WikiLeaks. And at what we know publicly is that Donald Trump said WikiLeaks over 100 times in the final month of the, the, the campaign. Plugged oh, it. It was amazing. Uh, MSNBC a few weeks ago, they put together a, a mashup of every single time that Trump mentioned the word WikiLeaks. And we're not talking about like WikiLeaks plus some other words in the sentence. Just the word WikiLeaks, it took over two minutes to get through every single mention of WikiLeaks that came out of uh, candidate Trump's mouth back then. And that's just public. Uh, and that's public. And that's why have... I keep saying so much of this stuff happened right before our eyes. Exactly. And, and not to mention there's the DMs uh, between Donald Trump Jr. and WikiLeaks. There's uh, DMs between Donald Trump or uh, Roger Stone yeah. and WikiLeaks. Which was also referred to. So, and speaking of the, the public potential uh, collaboration here... July 27th, 2016, Russia says, I mean, not Russia, sorry, it's on my mind. Trump says, Russia, if you're listening, I want you to find the 30,000 emails. And he's referring to the Clinton emails. He said he wants you to find them. And, uh, you know, if you have them, that'd be great. Katie Turr tried to challenge him on that and say, Do you, does that give you no pause? He said, no. If they Russians have them or China or whoever, I'd love to see them. Later that night, as we found out in Robert Mueller's uh Recent, recent, most recent indictment. Most recent indictment of the 12 Russians for hacking um, right before Trump went to Helsinki and um, you know had a love fest with Putin. <laughs> the indictment said that that same day, the Russians for the first time ever targeted Clinton's personal office. So, you know, when he said, Russia, were you listening? It appears they were listening loud and clear. It could, because they got to work that day after hours. You know, there was urgency behind. And, and that's what, what Mueller's latest indictment really indicates. There was urgency behind. They took that as an order. They took that mm-hmm. as a direction. And they followed it. They followed they it. And, and while they were unsuccessful in breaking into Hillary's personal server, they were very successful at, at breaking into the DNC. And they were very successful at breaking into the campaign's um, email system. And now we, we learn that they have targeted uh, Senator Claire McCaskill in the 2018 um, 2018 election right after Donald Trump <laughs> went yeah. over there and said defeat Claire McCaskill and and yes you can't draw a direct line there but if there if if there was a a conspiracy to collude um, on behalf of Trump by Russia the smartest way to do it and we're not dealing with a brain trust here but we are dealing with some very uh, sophisticated intelligence actors, um, would be to handle this through the press. And when he went out there and and said, Russia, are you listening? That was a clear uh, statement of intent that he's willing to receive uh, Russian assistance during the election. You have to couple that with the June 9th meeting. 
you have to couple that with the June 9th meeting, which is really turning into a flashpoint in this entire investigation. The June 9th Trump Tower uh, meeting that was organized by Rob Goldstone with Donald Trump Jr. for the campaign to listen about, to hear about some supposed dirt that the Russian government was eager to offer um, the Trump campaign about Hillary Clinton. You have to also couple that with the newest revelation that we got today via Rudy Giuliani's big mouth. Yeah. That there was a strategy meeting on June 7th, a couple days before the meeting, where Michael Cohen alleges that Donald Trump was read into the plan to meet with Russian nationals. Yeah, and, you know, that right there is is, is the issue. Um, they claim that now Donald Trump approved, and then Rudy Giuliani says that there's that meeting uh, where it involved Rick Gates, where they were prepping for what they were going to do at this Russian meeting. Now, at this meeting, let's just, you know, everyone's been arguing, oh, does, did Trump know? Donald Trump's a micromanager, number one. He's micromanaging the the, the FBI building. Yeah, right yeah. He, he, he's, he, he's been known to do that. Why would his son and his entire top tier of his campaign staff hold a high-level meeting with a Russian who's a now self-admitted Russian informant who has ties to the Kremlin, uh, Natalia Veselnaskaya, who's the Russian lawyer they met with that day in June 9th. Um, they, go, they go there to the meeting, and that very same day, Donald Trump Sr. is at Trump Tower, literally one floor above mm-hmm. where they are meeting. And we found out later, Veselnitskaya allegedly uh, ran into Ivanka Trump and they, they saw each other on her way. I, I, I forgot it was whether it was in or out. It was around the elevator, but they ran into each other. So we have basically the whole Trump family <laughs> being the top level of the Trump campaign. Right. Knowing about this, an email where Donald Jr. says, I love it. Right. We you have know? the campaign chairman in Paul Manafort, who is right now sitting in prison, in, in jail. We have um, Jared Kushner, who is the president's son-in-law and obviously now a senior advisor to the president and Ivanka Trump's husband. <laughs> we have, um, who else was in the meeting? Uh, so we have um, a few Russian operatives that right. were in the meeting. We have Rob Goldstone. Uh, and, Goldstone. and Paul Manafort was in there, of course, as you say, and he took notes. Took, taking notes, talking about donations. Yeah. and For other foreign governments, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's, you know, he's got RNC and the words donations next to each other on a napkin. <laughs> Which, Not suspicious at all. I mean, like... talk about this. Yeah. And, and we're supposed to believe that none of these people told their dad or boss... <laughs> that they were meeting to get dirt on his opponent right. in the 2016 And um, we also have an unlisted phone call to Donald Trump within minutes of the meeting, me- Donald Trump Jr. within minutes of the meeting breaking up. And it's known to be that uh, Donald Trump Sr. uses unknown numbers. Now, we're not, you know, <laughs> these dots are just connecting This themselves. is speculation, but, but I mean, at some same. point, Occam's razor comes into play here. I mean... The, ti- the timeline is tight, you know? And, and I think Josh Marshall from Talking Points Memo, he, I think, uh, made a, a very good um, observation this morning after Rudy's com- unbelievably destructive uh, media blitz this morning on Fox and CNN. He noted, and, and as, as we have noted, that Rick Gates was in that meeting. Yeah, Rick Gates was, is in the meeting. Um, 
uh, which was which is what Giuliani said during the you know that was his admission today. You know we didn't even know the meeting existed, and Giuliani disclosed it today, right. um, and it, then talked yep. about Rick Gates being in it. Rick Gates flipped. Rick Gates is cooperating with Special Counsel Robert Mueller. He flipped so quickly. He flipped quick, very quick after all those uh, all the uh, you know they've got he's a uh, involved he's a co-conspirator with uh, Manafort in those, that foreign lobbying that we discussed earlier the sixty million dollars that uh, that Adam's referring to. And that indictment came last fall, and that that occurred, and Rick Gates was in the meeting. And not only that, that same day that Rick Gates was allegedly in the June 7th meeting, uh, that's the same exact day that Donald Trump Sr., mm-hmm. days before the June 9th meeting, said, Listen, folks, I'm going to have a big speech. We're going to reveal all the things the Clintons are doing. This isn't verbatim, of course, but... That's the effect. He of- talks about on June seventh, the day of this meeting, where Rudy Giuliani has now exposed to the American people that they were planning for this meeting with Russian nationals. Donald Trump goes out there and talks about Hillary dirt. Yeah, and he says we're going to go and we're going to have a big speech and we're going to do it. And guess what? The speech never happened, huh? Hmm. Maybe they decided it was against strategy. Or maybe the at June night they may may not have gotten dirt that they wanted. But there are there have been various different you know, there's one uh person who was at the at the meeting, uh, you know, who's a Soviet, you know, who's a former, you know, spy, of course, and he had alleged that there was a folder that was handed over. Never substantiated. I don't you know, we don't know for sure whether or not there was dirt handed over then. But nonetheless, uh, one could guess maybe there wasn't dirt that was handed over because they they one they, they they discussed the Magnitsky Act during mm-hmm. the, um, and that gave the them the out of saying oh it was about adoption. Um, Donald Trump Sr. went back and tried to explain away the meeting was about adoption. Well, the adoptions a uh, ban on adoptions was put in place by the Magnitsky Act, which was a sanctions package. Um, to uh, get for human rights abuses, and and maybe that'd be more believable if the subject line of the email wasn't Russia, Clinton, private and confidential. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, and they've had previous emails with other, um, with other representatives of the Trump campaign saying with email subject lines, the Kremlin connection. You know, I mean, that sounds like a pretty solid dating site. I to be think honest. what Adam said about it being Oakham's razor is is. It's true. Otherwise, if it's probably the most likely answer is probably what the answer is. And I think if we continue to speculate um, like this without kind of like, you know, someone eventually is going to have to step up and say it is what it is or else we're going to outthink our common sense. And and well, try. the person who's doing that right now is, is Robert Mueller and his team. Yeah. And I think I think another thing that kind of became that crystallized today is that if Gates is backing up the claims that Robert um, that Michael Cohen is is supposedly making that Donald Trump was informed of this meeting ahead of time. If Rick Gates testifies to that fact, that's an incredibly damning piece of evidence. What that is, that would mean that Donald Trump, the now president of the United States, was not only full aware of Russia's interference in the 2016 election, he was an active and willing participant of accepting the help that Russia was offering because the U.S. intelligence community did determine that they were offering or they were helping on, they were interfering on the side of Donald Trump. So not only was he willing and active in participating in it, he spent the last two years calling the investigation, probing it a witch hunt, casting doubt even up until the Helsinki summit where he stood next to Putin and said, I don't see any reason why it would be Russia. 
He later tried to walk that back. Well, we know that that we know how he really feels. So he spent two years trying to uh, cast doubt on and obstruct an investigation into this Russian interference that he was without a doubt a hundred percent an active participant in. That is not only damning on the collusion, um, aka conspiracy front, on the obstruction of justice. That that almost that can almost establish in corrupt intent right there when you know that he was aware of the crimes right. that are being investigated and participated in those as well. And just that just brings us all into here with with what Giuliani's doing here now. It's clear after the last few couple weeks, especially since Helsinki, that. They're not happy with what the what they think is coming in the reports, right. especially when it comes to collusion. So now you have Giuliani. You know, everyone's asking, what's he doing? Some are saying, oh, is he acting against Trump? No, he's not. No. What they're doing is they're trying to, well, this is our, you know, I think our opinion on it. This is a speculation, but it's speculation. informed speculation, yeah. and I think it makes sense. Yeah, and they're bit by bit trying to reveal, you know, like Giuliani just kind of revealed that Gates was at this meeting nonchalantly. They're kind of exposing what's going to be in the collusion report. Ahead of time, or what what should, will be known as a conspiracy against the United States report, most likely with American co-conspirators, but they're revealing it, and then they're trying to make an argument to the base, a political argument that Donald Trump, uh, you know, obstruction of justice isn't a crime. President can't do that. Collusion isn't a crime. You can't do that. So that when the reports drop, the base that which supports Trump by ninety percent um, will be that's because of the GOP is shrinking. But that's a story for another day. Uh, they support him, and and then once it comes times for impeachment, the Senate won't defect on him. That's right. that's the whole. It's all political PR play. It's yes. not a real legal strategy. It's a PR play to shore up support from the base, so that when the time comes, they can just say, "Hey, if you vote for impeachment, you'll never see the. You know, you're going to lose your next race." Right. Yeah, I think that's that's right. And yes, we're doing a lot of speculation here. Again, informed speculation based on 35 indictments, multiple plea deals, people sitting in prison right now. The bottom line is, like Ahmed just outlined, this is not a legal strategy. You're not sending Rudy Giuliani on Fox and CNN every single day to make your case to Bob Mueller. He is not talking to Bob Mueller. He's not talking to the special counsel's office. He's not talking to Congress even. He is talking to their base. This is all political. Impeachment is a political act. It's an inherently constitutionally political act. And if Robert Mueller comes to the conclusion that the Trump campaign was assisted by Russia willingly with this the full support and cooperation of the Trump campaign, that's going to be an incredibly damning document. One that it's literally the same crime that was committed in Watergate, but instead of Americans breaking into the DNC, it's a foreign government. I mean, that's how we have to think about this. You know, the Watergate uh, comparisons are often overblown, but it is essentially the same crime. You know, the only thing is this worked. Watergate didn't work. Where Richard Nixon went off the rails is in the cover up. I mean, he 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 was willing to pay hush money to the people to the to the to the people that uh, broke in. He was willing to lean on the FBI to end their investigation into Watergate. That was a, that was an article of impeachment that came his way. Um, but where this operation succeeded and Watergate didn't is that those criminals were caught before any inf- information was released. 
But essentially, when it comes down to it, we are talking about the same crime. And if Watergate was impeachable, this is impeachable. Right. Especially after the President of the United States has spent the last two years consistent, consistently and definitively put placing doubt on the assessments of the intelligence community, has been sucking up to the to the to the the person that ordered this attack. I mean, we have to remember this is something that people don't pick up on a lot. Comms were intercepted that showed that Vladimir Putin must have ordered the operation. And Donald Trump was shown this raw intelligence right before the inauguration. This has been reported on just recently. Uh, Brennan was Brennan and the previous uh, uh, intel chiefs. They they borderline uh, confirmed it, and he was shown it before inauguration, and then still spent you know that same day there was a tweet of him calling the probe a witch hunt, and that same week, like how is this not concern every Republican voter to the core that not only was he shown the intelligence that Putin ordered the attack on American democracy, he then cast doubt on it the very same week right. that he saw the intelligence. Like there's no way, and not only that, he was involved. If, if the allegations with Cohen are true, he was involved in it beforehand. And approved it. And approved it. That's, you can't, and he, he's out here lecturing people on patriotism. And conflicts of interest. At, at, no, yeah. You know, yeah. You know, Donald Trump lecturing others on conflicts of interest is the height of hypocrisy. But what I think their strategy of piecemealing out evidence of their crimes so that there's never any public shock that t- actually turns opinions, it's, it's quite the strategy. Um, and I think... All they need to do is convince the viewers of Fox News, um, and it makes impeachment a highly political, like Adam was saying, it's, a, it's an extremely ap- political event. Yeah, it's an inherently political event. But what they're doing, you know, to echo your point here, is what Rudy is, is doing is, is sanitizing people to accept these things as normal. And then you have people supposedly on the left, like Gr- Glenn Greenwald, who are trying to equivocate that the fact that the Clinton campaign used a former MI6 agent to collect intelligence on uh, on the Trump campaign as the same thing as the Russians interfering with the election, hacking into to, uh, political uh, email servers, and strategically releasing that information. It's outrageous. It, it doesn't calculate. It yeah. does not compute. It, it, it's not the same, because what the Russians' objective here is, and what we just have to point to, because this is the big picture for every American to understand, um, of what occurred, uh, we have uh, Russia, whose economy is small, smaller than Italy's. They are not doing well, and they are desperate because what they're good at is propaganda, espionage. You know, we well, have a, great we have a former KGB war, agent in, in that is leading their country, yeah. and that's what they did to regain power. So their objective is to was to interfere. With the election, because they did not want Clinton, because she was a Russia hawk. She would be tough on Russia right now. Putin knew it. And Putin also had a personal vendetta against her, because he blamed her for starting protests. Which, yeah, Putin, Putin believes, you know, actually, that Hillary interfered with his election. Yeah, so she, he views it as payback. That's, you know, that's what this was about. So, interfering with the election, clearly looking like Donald Trump was accepting the help, because his foreign, because his previous ties... Uh, there's also the history, his history of money laundering that makes him uniquely susceptible to this kind of help. And one who, as he's, if you if you look at the evidence um, of his behavior, completely capitulating to Putin. The broad thing here is Russia interfered in the U.S. election so they could regain 
uh, global influence and power, get their seat at the table that they've long wanted, that their economy won't get them. Oil was not looking good for them. That was, that's what drives their economy mainly. So they interfered in the election, and it looks like they succeeded. Um, they, uh, Donald Trump was elected. There are reports of them literally popping champagne after he won. And one of the governors said, looks like you know Russia has won the election in the United States. Russian, and, Russian state TV routine, re, routinely refers to uh, Donald Trump as, quote, ours. Yeah, and then you have Donald Trump who is in office. And again, this is all in, informed opinion based off of uh, our you know years of analyzing this, we've been writing and talking about this since twenty since before uh, the election or even the intelligence report came oh, out when, about when it. When we were talking it was and writing about this, we were mocked. Yeah, it was in yeah it was July it was summer of twenty sixteen when we were talking about the the hacking and you know people were like oh this is conspiratorial well it's it, it seemed to be proven to the point where now we have uh, actual uh, cable news journalists wondering if the president of the United States is compromised by Russia. Well, the point is. They are not our friend. They're trying to uh, diminish uh, Western alliances like NATO, uh, the EU. Um, that's been their main objective. They want sanctions lifted, which is what the Magnitsky Act was, a sanctions package. And essentially, that's what they talked about at the June meeting was the Magnitsky Act. And, and it's a and clever then, way to say that we were talking about adoptions yeah. and what we're actually talking about is sanctions relief. Yeah. And then he came into office and when his first week, there's a report, they tried to unilaterally lift sanctions. For what? We have Michael Flynn who admitted who admitted to lying about his conversations with Sergei Kislyak. On while, the phone while, five times he was in on, one day. While he was on the transition team. After Obama implemented the sanctions, Flynn says, oh, uh, you know, you know, Flynn says, okay, well, I'm trying to, don't worry about the sanctions. We're going to come in and we're going to lift them. And since we've seen Trump come into office, Congress had to pass a sanctions package in order to force them to do it. He still put waivers on certain Russian oligarchs on the sanctions package. We have a, as we've seen at Helsinki, uh, oddly friendly, Russia-friendly president. And that's submissive. Submissive almost. And that's what we are dealing with here. Uh, You have to look at, connect the dots from beginning to end. Um, Look back into Donald Trump's, all the way back to the 1987 meeting he had in Trump Tower with the Soviet ambassador, and kind of just paint paint the picture of what you know. Russia what, what always is going plays. On? They always they always play the long game. I mean, if this all turns out the way it seems to be, I don't think it's any uh, hyperbole to say that this is the most successful intelligence uh, operation in history from the point of view of Russia. Um, this it's astounding it's astonishing what they were able to do and i really do believe that they thought it was a long shot they just wanted to damage hillary clinton they really did they they like almost everybody else in the world with the same conventional wisdom believe that uh clinton would kick his ass yeah and, how lucky did they get and and you know now that he's in here um we want to just touch on quickly what's next here and it's the potential how impeachment will play out. Mm-hmm. Now, let's say, as it seems, right now, it's about to be August. If Robert Mueller wants to move, is going to move, basically there's two options. He moves right before before the end of August, um, or he goes dark until after the midterms. Uh, if he moves... And the reasoning why, I think it's important to discuss the reasoning why. The FBI IG report that has been hyped to the heavens by Fox News that was incredibly vindicating um, on the part of uh, the FBI, frankly. Um, They said that the biggest 
sin that was committed by DOJ slash FBI was the fact that James Comey um, sent his letter to the to uh, Chaffetz saying that the Clinton investigation was reopened and that uh, his his press conference that he gave without the knowledge of uh, Sally Yates or Loretta Lynch where he said that, that he was not going to pursue uh, that the Justice Department was not going to pursue charges against Hillary Clinton. Bob Mueller is not going to make the same mistake. So either this month is about to be the most wild month, this upcoming month of August is about to be the most wild month of this presidency thus far, which is hard to believe, or this investigation clams up, goes dark until after the midterms, in my opinion, probably stays dark until after the new Congress is, is sworn in. I think that's the more logical route. Um, I think if Robert Mueller were to send his referment to the a referral to the uh, DOJ now, it would be like flushing all of his work down the toilet because House Republicans aren't going to move on it. Um, I don't know if I don't know if Rosenstein can hold on to the referral until the new year starts and the new co- session of Congress begins. But I don't think the current legislative body will take this any sort seriously in any way shape or form well, it'll do it'll be public opinion battle well i do agree with that i do think that Mueller is going to play by the book and if he's done in august he's going to release in august if he's not i don't think he's going to make a political consideration um but that being said it brings us back to what we started this pod talking about what rudy giuliani is doing and that's wearing down public opinion so when and if that report drops that conclusively says that the special counsel's office has determined that the Trump campaign actively conspired with the Russians to cooperate for election assistance, people will be underwhelmed because Rudy is doing this media blitz to soften the blow, essentially. So when that report drops, people are like, we knew this. The difference is, and it's a huge difference, the difference is, is that this is now coming from Trump's Department of Justice. This isn't coming from the the quote-unquote fake news, CNN, New York Times, anybody like that. It's coming from lifelong Republican Robert Mueller and his very professional team of investigators. It has to be taken seriously. Yeah. And this is why you see um, a complete political defense going on right now. Trump talks about Mueller's ridiculous conflicts of inf- interest. You know, he says that Mueller is conflicted, and, 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 and frankly, it's been reported that he wanted to fire him over this, over the fact that Mueller was once part of a Trump golf course, was unsatisfied, and wanted a refund for his membership dues. Never spoke to Donald Trump. This is all handled behind the scenes administ- administratively. It is absolutely ludicrous to think that Robert Swan Mueller III is carrying out a, a vendetta against Donald Trump because he didn't get his refund from the Trump golf course. Yeah. I mean, it's ludicrous. It's it doesn't make sense. And what, what, and what the, it's all part of the, you know, <laughs> not only Donald Trump, but House Republicans and conservative media's blitz to discredit the FBI. They did it with the, um, you know, Peter Strzok hearings. They do it. They're trying to say the DOJ is backfired spectacularly. It backfired spectacularly. But, but basically the main topic here is, you know, like Adam touched on and Zach, we, you know, we've all touched on here is that the... Strategy here is purely political. They want to change the course of public opinion, which they've successfully done in the past. 
at the macro level of Robert Mueller's approval rating. But as we've seen, when indictments drop, the approval the, the approval moves. The opinion of Russian did the opinion of whether or not Russia inter, Russia interfered in the election went up after uh, from uh, from June to July. It went up, and that's due to the indictments. Because I think you know. Adam, you touched on a good point there that this isn't the fake news media saying it because everything in that we've discussed thus far, we've known mm-hmm. or, you know, has been reported and we've discussed it for over a year. And then Robert Mother just verified it last uh, this month with the indictments of the 12 Russians. He just verified it all and painted it out for us. And then su- and then Donald Trump's behavior and Helsinki suddenly had mainstream media talking about whether or not the president was indicted from CNN or not indicted, sorry, um, compromised. Mm-hmm. And from CNN to MSNBC, they're discussing that. So what we're going to see is with this next report of collusion, um, of potential conspiracy, and we have American co-spirators. If it lists, if it ropes in Roger Stone, and we see Donald Trump was aware of the Russian interference and approved and willingly accepted it, and we have you know evidence and maybe an email trail or a, a tape that Cohen may have taken. Who knows? But if when that comes out, it's not only going to just it's not just to the polit uh, the you know political base. The media mm-hmm. is going because the media. Is operating on reporting, but once they everything they've gotten from Mother, we, we treat it as fact because the United States government and the intelligence community, which you can't get more concrete corroboration than it being put in indictment form. So when that comes out, it's going to shift the narrative, and then we're going to see a full-on blitz even further of the GOP trying to double down on the base. And if impeachment occurs, um, with uh, let's say let's just jump ahead to whether this report drops in 2019. But or, or beforehand, Democrats have the House, but they, you know, maybe they have the Senate potentially too, or they don't. Either way, you still need a certain amount. They're, even if Dems won every single seat, you would need, right. you know, two thirds of the Senate to vote to impeach. The motive is have enough political support from the base that GOP senators do not vote to impeach mm-hmm. after the House, um, the Democrat-controlled House, moves impeachment up. And that's even with a super damning, you know, their president looks like he's compromised. They're still, you know, if the base is behind him, who knows? We'll see. Maybe people like Burr, Senator Burr, um, will show a spine. Uh, Graham, I don't know. He's very wishy-washy at these, this point. But that, yeah, that's I, what I, that's I, what they right. think. That's we're, what they we're think talking about. about it, it, removal from office after impeachment in the House right now seems like a pipe dream, no matter how damning this thing is. I mean, I think it would have to be straight up uh zoolander the guy is a a manchurian candidate you know what i mean completely brainwashed for for them to even perhaps considering removing him from office and that shows you how low our values have gone the republican party's values have gone down the tubes um this this behavior would not be tolerated by any uh previous president they are absolutely terrified of their base and if the base is convinced that this is a nothing burger they're gonna have that cover to say my constituents the people that put me in office say this is okay you know and that's why they're field testing all this bullshit about how any campaign out there would have accepted dirt from a foreign government it's nonsense it's it's garbage but it will work with the republican base where 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 it has to where where democrats and the truth need to get involved is those on the fence Trump supporters, those on the fence uh, Republican voters, people who may have voted for Obama but then voted for Trump, 
the Never Trumpers, the the Independents, which are the largest voting bloc in the country, larger than the Republican Party, larger than the Democratic Party. Independents are not happy with what they're seeing right now when, when it comes to polling. And especially if you're in the Senate, you have a large constituency. You're not gerrymandered into a district of, of you didn't pick your voters, you know? You're representing the entire state. When we're talking about states that are purple, you're going to have a lot of pressure to hold the president account if the government comes back with a damning conclusion that the president of the United States and his campaign conspired to destroy their political opponent opponent with a hostile country. I mean, it's just... It's unthinkable that we're even saying this, but we watched this happen right before our eyes. And what we're seeing uh, from Donald Trump's supporters and his media surrogates is a concerted effort to desensitize the American people about the gravity of the situation that we are potentially in right here. So if Democrats take the House and the report is damning as it seems like it's going to be, I think that the, the the Democratic House will impeach President Trump. I think uh, I think that's an easy easy thing to predict. Um, what I do think that they should do is slow roll it. We have not had a congressional investigation into this uh, activities. We've had a very I would say a very uh, relatively fair Senate investigation, but House Intel is a joke. We have not had a House Intel investigation into this interference. Those committees need to do their due diligence. They need to produce their own reports. Um, and then we can talk about Senate or House Judiciary getting involved and starting to review potential articles of impeachment. Because the American people need to understand the gravity of a president of the United States uh, collaborating with a nominal en- enemy. And that's what we need. To hurt a fellow American. And that's what we're going to need you know i mean i know i even touched on in getting independence and getting uh you know some of the more you know centrist democrats you know moved by this and maybe some never trumpers but what we need really truly is the 45 percent of eligible voters who didn't do anything in 2016 during one of the most consequential elections of our time now if you're one of those people who didn't vote well you have a chance to redeem yourself here because Everything's happening in plain sight. The world's moving around us here at a, at a fast pace, and the news cycle seems dizzying. But the stuff that is occurring here is plain for the eye, can, eye can, to see. He, uh, Donald Trump is not only uh, you know, uh, very hell-bent on obstructing this investigation into the truth of, of the Russian interference and his potential collusion. He is also doing a lot of other very indecent things that we haven't touched on in this pod. The child separation and the you know various other initiatives of weakening uh, U.S. led uh, you know he's democratic order too yeah and also there's there's the whole uh, income inequality uh, <laughs> policies only for the one percent thing going on as well but the point is we need the voters to pay attention because this is we're living through history currently uh, this is bigger of course than Watergate and everyone was you know actively engaged during that time I mean this is. The biggest political scandal in history, a president of the United States being uh, borderline inserted. You know, if, if this report comes out that Donald Trump collaborated, that's the Russian government inserting. Installing. Installing. Their, uh, a, and that's not hyperbole. 
at all. That's uh, them inserting a Russian asset if he comes out to be compromised. You know, and that's just what this comes down to. You know, as we see the approval rating of Putin, I'm sorry, I have to <laughs> laugh when saying this, of is rising in the Republican Party. Trump says Putin's fine, and the base says, yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, yeah you know what? He's not half bad. I haven't done any research, but man, that Donald Trump guy is just honest. I mean, people are going around. Some people on the right are thanking him for helping bring Donald Trump to the White House, you know, and... And that's when it comes for a guy to campaign and to run and govern on American first, America first, to to really be beholden to a foreign government who owes his election potentially to a foreign government. A lot of people try to latch onto the fact that it didn't change any votes. How the hell do you quantify that? Yeah, yeah. He tries to say there's no effect in the election results. We don't know that because of all the millions no. of impressions that it had on social media, the propaganda that was spread. The, I mean, it's it's even yeah, more than so. that. I mean, this stuff manifested itself into literal physical protests of people going out and 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 taking direction from Russians to put Hillary Clinton in a in a, in a cage, in in one instance, and uh, you know parade her around as a prop, you know, in effigy. Um, this stuff had real world impact. And there's no way to quantify um, if this election, if, if this interference tipped the election or not. I argue that it's it it, it certainly looks like it. I mean, we're talking about seventy thousand votes across three states, you know, with a concerted opposition campaign, a concerted intense opposition campaign. When Donald Trump went out there on the the twenty seventh and asked if Russia was listening, he said that the media will reward you handsomely. And the media followed through. That's one thing I will give Donald Trump a lot of credit for. He knows how to manipulate a media that is distracted by the next shiny object that comes into its field of view. And when those emails started turning up on the internet, we had ridiculous... I mean, the one, the one that really sticks out of my mind, everybody thinks about Risotto. But there was one email uh, that Politico decided to run with that Hillary was asking Felipe Reigns... Uh, an assistant of hers at the time at the State Department, what channel Homeland came on. And the way that Politico framed it was, here's Hillary Clinton again with another technological uh, blind spot. She couldn't figure out what what channel Homeland was on. (laughs) Now, if we talk about negative campaigning, which which pure red-blooded Americans do every election... American to an American, or American Republican to an American Democrat. There's negative campaigning that happens in this in this country, and it's very effective. You have the Trump apparatus running a negative uh, campaign against Hillary Clinton, backed up by Russian intelligence strategically leaking emails, knowing that the media is going to turn it into the apocalypse and, and that's and that's the thing you know Zach wrote about this uh, as well when Manafort's text messages were leaked about the fact that this you know this happened I mean and we've written an editorial piece on the media completely not only you know being in some cases unwitting uh, disseminators of Russian propaganda and then later on in the election winning <laughs> yeah once they once they found out that there was nothing in there um, they used it solely for the purpose of increasing their bottom line yeah, I That's mean, nice. Hillary Clinton, you know, I think everybody who who is going to tune into this podcast has seen the uh, word cloud about what people heard about in the elections, and the number one was email. 
the number one was email. And what what people what got conflated in the election was Hillary Clinton's uh, ill-advised personal email server versus the hacked emails that were distributed strategically by WikiLeaks, DC Leaks, and Gucci for Two. Um, that's the difference here. And so the narrative about Hillary Clinton became emails. That's the whole. That's really the main strategy that Trump ran against her. Crooked Hillary. Crooked Hillary with her with her crooked email practices, deleting 33,000 emails. Where are they? Guys, this has been in front of us since 2015, 2016, when the operation really got underway. So, you know... Yeah, final thoughts. I just To wrap this up, I just want to ask both of you, does Donald Trump get successfully removed from office via impeachment? No. I think the only way to truly defeat Donald Trump is through a seismic, decisive, complete and utter defeat in 2020. And it starts this November. The first step in holding this administration and this president in account is to at least flip one house to the Democratic Party. That's the only way we're going to get real a real check on this administration. When a House of Congress has subpoena power, the ability to hold hearings, and yes, the ability to commence impeachment hearings, if it, if it is warranted. That's how change begins. And you follow through in 2020 and end this black mark on American history. All right, well... That about wraps it up for today. Thank you for listening to The Rant Pod. I mean, if you want to join in further on our conversation, we have an open Slack chat where you can subscribe and you can hop in with our team. And, it, and we do this all day, every day. Yeah, all day, every day. We're 24-7 just talking about this, breaking down the news. You won't miss the story at all. And you get top-notch analysis uh, from us and our team of experts as well. So you can find that on patreon.com uh, slash uh, rant news uh, it's rant with two t's follow us on facebook uh you know twitter and communicate with us directly we always respond and engage with you so thank you for listening and uh you know uh hold on tight i hope to keep going and uh <laughs> I, I would say buckle up because this month this upcoming month of august could prove to be the most decisive month of this presidency <laughs>